You're the engine that makes all things go And you're always in disguise, my hero I see your light in the dark Smile in my face when we all know it's hard There's no way to ever pay you back Bless your heart, no, I love you for that Honest and selfless if this helps it, but good job. You're doing a good job, a good job. You're doing a good job. Hello and welcome to Quit Your Night Job. I'm your host, Shannon Rusu. And who is this podcast for? Okay, this podcast is for everyone who is doing shift work, healthcare workers, and especially nurses. I myself am a nurse. I've been a nurse for 16 years and You don't actually have to quit your night job, but it's great to have options. And that's what we're here for. I was taught, I think somewhere in the middle of my career, that shift work has a shelf life. And I really find that to be true. And it it, it has a shelf life in one way or another. Either physically, it just becomes difficult to do the work for longer than, let's say, 10 years for some people, 20 years. Um, And then there's the emotional, mental, and um, compassion strain that happens in in, uh, bedside nursing. And for some of us, it's just, just, it's joint commission fatigue. (laughs) It's regulatory agency fatigue. And there's just, there are other options for us as uh, shift workers, and specifically as nurses. So one thing I love to talk about is financial literacy. I'm a person who doesn't believe that you can get a good financial education in school. Um, If so, um, I mean, honestly, I wish it were the case that you could. But unfortunately, what has happened is you can get a whole PhD and walk out of school with five or six figures worth of debt and no financial literacy. So that's that's no one's fault. That's not your fault if you uh, if you can just take an honest look at your finances and say, "Hey, I'm not that great with money." Uh you weren't taught to be. You weren't taught to be. And generationally, uh most of us have not had lessons from our parents around investing and in, and in financial wholeness. So I love for money to have its own job. I love for money to work for you and not just you work for money. So this podcast is going to take a walk through financial literacy, really understanding what that means and how to acquire and how to get it, how to get financially literate. So what do I mean by financial wholeness or financial wellness? This is really critical. And I think that there's a beginner level and an advanced level and So I think just to get started, to have the beginner level of financial wellness, you need to evaluate six things in your life right away. And the first one is money mindset. So really understanding exactly what's deep inside of your, where you're coming from when it comes to money. So if you lived in a household as a child and there was scarcity around money and there was a lot of arguing about money or there was a thought that money was somehow bad or that rich people were bad or there were there are things that have just been subliminally laid um, 
in a lot of us about money and it really impacts our behaviors of uh, our, our money behaviors without us realizing it. So this is where a lot of self-honesty gets to happen and an evaluation of what is it that I really think, what comes up for me when someone, when we're talking about money, when I have to look at my finances, do I not even want to look at it? Do I want to avoid it? Um, do I feel bad when I spend money? Do I feel bad when I don't spend money? Um, what is the, what are the emotional rewards I get from either hoarding or holding for holding on the money or for respending. So it's really, really important work to do. Um, next is credit. So your credit score, however, that's evaluated in your country. In the U.S., we have the FICO score. That is, um, that is our loan potential. So that's, that's, that's one of the layers. That's number two to me. Budget. Okay, so people, uh, like a lot of us get immediately unhappy at the idea of a budget <laughs> of just even the conversation of about a budget this breaks couples up this hurts feelings and a lot of people just avoid it so it it's just a, it's a tough conversation and, and I think that sometimes the idea of budget the the immediate thought that's conjured up is scarcity. Like I'm going to have to stop stopping at Starbucks or something. Like I've got to give things up if I want to create a budget. And that's not necessarily that's not necessarily the case. The idea with a budget is just knowing what's going in and coming and what's going out. Just being aware of of what you want to spend, figuring out what your values are and making sure that your finances are aligning with those values. Um, a lot of times when people are pulling just their records of what has been spent over six months, the last six months, there are a lot of charges they don't even recognize. And so, it, you know, budget shouldn't scare us because it, it, it's definitely not about scarcity. Multi-billion dollar companies have a budget. They have a budget. So all the more reason for all of us um, running our whole households and our base and our finances, whether we have assets and businesses or, or not, we should know what our profits and losses are. We should know what our what our um, what our budget is. We should have one. You want to have a savings. Um, so, I think the recommendation, the most recent one I heard, I read was um, six months of savings in. Um, just get the in your basic savings account, how or how however you want to uh to to make sure you have six months worth of um liquid money um to cover six, so whatever your minimal budget would be, um covering your house payment, your rent or whatever, all of the bills, all the minimum payments of your bills, or if you if you have credit card debt, um and uh, you know what you can. Yeah, the this whatever you can get your your food budget down to the lowest, whatever the lowest food budget you can work with, um, have six months of all of that, of all of those expenses, away put away in a bank account. That is, um, I think that's going to be tough for some people, um, and actually most. So I think it's actually a year. I think that a year is is a a better way to live um, than six months. So that's just, that's, there are a few, um, experts that do talk about having a one year, 
um, savings, a uh, one year worth of uh, your livable, your living budget on um, saved away, put away. Um, but let's start at six months. Let's start at six months. <laughs> Um, and investing. So that's when we're talking about your money working for you. So not just, you cannot save your way to wealth. So investing is, is now this is where the education comes in, really uh, working with people who have this expertise um, so that you're making smart investments. That can be real estate, that can be, that can be stocks, that can be, um, it can be a lot of, there's a few different options in, in investing, and we'll definitely talk about that on this podcast. And then finally, insurance, which <laughs> um, I think insurance, uh, I think a lot of us don't like to talk about or think about insurance because we don't like the idea of losing life, limb, or our assets ever. Um, so it's just a conversation, like if we don't have to insure something, we really don't think about doing it. Um, but having enough insurance on um, the, the, the critical things in our life, whether it's the business or, the, uh, of course, the uh, physical assets, um, having uh, proper life insurance, all of those type of things are part of financial wholeness. And I think there's actually more to this, pe- this puzzle. I think there are more pieces to this puzzle, but I think to get started and, to, and, and just to be able to like, take some actionable steps right away, this will set you up. Also, I love to explore alternatives to the work that we do. And it's not, it's not to leave it entirely. Some people will keep the per diem or the PRN um, hospital bedside job um, just for the pace. Some of us just love the pace. We love our crew. Uh, we're used to the hospital. We're used to some of the chaos and we're used to the adrenaline. And it's hard to let it completely go. Um, so there's just, what's wonderful is that we do have options. And so one of the things specifically in nursing that I love to talk about is, um, the, the higher education. So we, we, you can be an associate's degree nurse or bachelor, baccalaureate degree nurse. Um, and of course there's grad school and uh, becoming the advanced practice nurse, uh, clinical educators and, um, and, uh, those who uh, get their doctorate for research or for uh, to become professors, uh, directors of nursing. So there is uh, leadership opportunities and educational opportunities in, in nursing with advanced ed- education. But what I notice on, and I think, I think those who have been in nursing for a while can attest to this, a lot of, uh, of our nurses who go into advanced practice nursing find that they're really not making much more and sometimes less than what they made at the bedside in the hospital when they go into advanced practice nursing. So some people get a little disheartened by that um, and some don't mind because they it was really for them not necessarily about making or about increasing income. It was about uh, just having a different opportunity and a different workflow than the hospital-based uh, nursing workflow. But it's an important conversation to have so that when you're weighing your options and you're weighing the cost of school and you're weighing what you actually want, like what are your values? What do you value next in your career? You can kind of make a really good estimate of that um, as you go into school and kind of just go into it with eyes wide open and um, make feel really good about the decision that you make. 
in the direction that your career takes. And then there's our extremely brave nurses who go and step into nurse entrepreneurship, uh, who open businesses. Sometimes they're related to nursing. Sometimes they are not at all related to nursing. And there are just tremendous opportunities also for nurse coaching and um, working from like a work from Wi-Fi uh, coaching, a nurse coaching business. So what we're going to do on this podcast is I've invited really special uh, speakers on the topics of both of financial literacy and career alternatives for nurses. You're still in the right place if you're not a nurse, but you're going to get some really, really great business information. And what I love to talk about is that transition from W-2 employees. So those who are listening and not local to the United States, W-2, that's a that's uh, your your tax information. But those from the U.S., you, you hear me. The difference, it's a huge difference from transitioning from that W-2 employee mindset to an entrepreneur. It is, it is no small thing and it does take some personal development, personal growth work. I am so excited to take this journey with you and I welcome you to quit your night job. And just a little bit about me, I am, as well, as mentioned, I'm a nurse. I've been a nurse for, I can't remember if it's 16 or 17 years. Um, I've worked the bulk of my career in maternal health, maternal child health. So I have, um, I've been a travel nurse. I did that for about seven years. Um, I started off in cardiac and then quickly was in, um, labor and delivery, high-risk labor and delivery. I'm a lactation consultant and in my business, in my business, I'm an expecting parent coach and I love to write. I do a lot of writing. So you can find um, some of the written information from this podcast on quityournightjob.com and we're also on the gram at quityournightjob. And I love for um, to have to speak with nurses about careers that we haven't thought of and that we don't hear much about. So feel free to reach out to me and tell me your story. You're doing a good job. Don't get too down. The world needs you now. Know that you matter, matter, matter. Yeah. You're doing a good job, a good job. You're doing a good job. Don't get too down. The world needs you now.